2: now I want you to write this down this isn't from me but it's an amazing truth you'll understand it Satan cannot stop God from answering our prayers could I hear an amen there hallelujah because God's greater than Satan so since Satan can't stop the prayers from being answered what does he do he simply keeps us from praying you have not because you ask
0: not. In our world, people seem to see Satan and Jesus as opponents of equal strength, each trying to gain the upper hand. Even as Christ's followers though, we know better. Sometimes we think of Satan as actually being able to thwart the will of God. As Pastor Mark will be teaching today, Satan's ability to interfere in our lives really is limited to the degree that we allow him to. Instead of relying on and trusting in and obeying God, we give in to our fleshly desires and our doubts and try to do life our way rather than God's way. As we know, this only leads to failure and heartache. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part three of his message, Learning to Trust All God's Answers to Our Prayers.
2: A lot of people, when they read that verse, it's connected with a false doctrine that we see a lot on television, especially Christian channels. It's called the prosperity doctrine. You can ask God for anything. You demand it, actually. Absolute healing. You'll heal me, God. I know you heal me. And when you're not healed, they will say to you, it's your problem. It's your faith. It's your faith. God heals everybody. That's a lie. Then they'll say, you can have anything you want, drive the best car, the best home. You're going to be a rich person because Jesus was rich. Jesus was not rich. So what does that, if you take that verse, everyone, and it means you can get whatever you ask for is yours. What does that look like? Well, it looks like this. Do you think I have a blank check with God? That I can actually put in there whatever I want, and Jesus has already signed it for me. Well, Pastor Mark, That's what that verse says. That is not what that verse says. I must pray in the will of God. Because the will of God is the only thing that's guarding me safely. Remember, as you think about that, and you look at that blank check, it, it, it wouldn't be good for us. This verse does not mean we receive whatever we want in prayer. All we know is that if we ask and seek and knock, it, we will not do that to change God's mind, but to change my mind into the will of God. God promises to answer all our prayers with what's best for us. Now, here's the summary, so write it down. A-S-K, ask, seek, knock. Learning to trust all God's answers to our prayers. See, there's nothing impossible with God. This is not a, a lottery chance when I pray. It's discerning the will of God. God, what do you want for me in this situation? Who to marry? What to do? What decision? How do I do this? Where am I with this situation? I need your help, God. Now, God promises to answer our prayers that are in his will. Now, how, God, how does God answer us? You know. Here are the three. God answers, yes, no, and wait. God's will includes what God wants for me. It's his will, his way, his timing, just like this piece of property. So we can expect God to answer our prayers, yes, no, or wait. If he answers yes, enjoy. And God is so good, he answers so many of our prayers, yes. He just blesses us. He loves to give good gifts to us. Now, if God says no, what is God saying? He has something better for you. See, don't think about it. God, no. The piece of property. Hello. Did God have something better for us? Yes, he did. Was I happy with it initially? No, I wasn't. So now you know your pastor is not perfect. You could ask my wife in two seconds. You know that. None of us are perfect. By the way, how many get angry sometimes when God says no? Exactly. But the longer you're a Christian, the more thankful you are that God said no to some of our prayers. When you mature, and what proves that, I've told you this before, what proves that you're so glad God said no to your prayer is when you go to a high school reunion. You see that girl you were dating. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Amen. The problem is she has just seen you. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Can I hear an amen right here? Thank you, Jesus, for no. No, no, no. Yes, yes. I'm so glad I married my wife. Hallelujah. Said no to that. The first week I dated my wife, I dated four other girls. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Now, that was before I was a pastor. Okay. Now, what happens when God says, wait? What happens when he says, wait? Well, he's growing us. He's growing our patience. To trust him. See, he's never early. He's never late. He's always on time. The problem is, it's just not my time. Then Jesus does something very strange. Look at verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? What is the expected answer from Jesus? Of course, it's no. No father would do that. And then he gives this a true story again. Remember, if you then, though you are evil, evil parents, in other words, human parents, not evil, just not God, know how to give good gifts, you would never do that. You give your gifts, good children. How much more, contrast, will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to them who ask him? To them who ask. So Jesus moves this situation into the spiritual. He moves it into a different realm. Now, when you think about that, to those who ask, what is one of the problems we have with our prayer life? Here it is, James 4.2. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. In our busy world, I've discovered this is sometimes a problem for me. That I'm so busy with things, the big deals I'm asking God, but the small things which I think I could do by myself, I've failed. Now, he's not talking about when you get up for breakfast, do I have scramblers sunny side up? That's stupid stuff. I'm talking about sometimes we absolutely don't pray enough about the decisions we make. Now, sometimes God is gracious and he blesses us without even asking. But sometimes we lack those things in our lives because we don't ask. Look at this. The problem is not unanswered prayer. It's unoffered prayer. I just don't pray about it. I'm independent. I'm so busy. And and all of a sudden, I discovered I forgot to pray about it. And you know where I find that happening? In my quiet time. In the mornings, when I'm there and I'm meeting with him. By the way, you can get on U if you don't have U Version on your iPhone or iPad or Android or something. You should. It's free. There's like 300 million people that use it around the world today, and it's free. And there's some Advent Christian Advent devotionals that you can use. You get on it. Just sign up for it. It's free. A U version, and uh, I, I'm I'm doing a 25 day thing from Greg Laurie, and a 25 thing from Life Church. It's a, a daily devotion every morning during the Christmas time. It's just special. They have thousands of devotionals, but it's a great thing to do. And I find that during that devotion time, when I'm praying and using Day One, which is another free app that I use, that God just says, "Did you pray about that? Whoops! No, I just took it for granted." So here's your homework right now. I want you to just stop. We're going to just take a moment to think. And I want you to fill in the blank this morning. I have not prayed for. I have not prayed for. Is it a person? Is it a situation? You've forgotten. You want God's will, but you've simply forgotten. This is a way to remind you. So tomorrow morning when you get up, you can pray for that situation because we have not because we have not. I mean, it's right in front of us, but we put it in our own hands. and We just go ahead and do it. Then we go, whoops, that was the wrong decision. We're dependent on God. He loves us to ask him. He's not angry. He, he loves to speak to us. So let me encourage you. Now, notice what he says. How much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit? Not give you bread, not give you a job, not give you the spouse you need. He loves all that. So what is he doing? He's removing it that the best gift is spiritual. The real you and me is spiritual. That part of us that will live forever. So what Jesus is saying is, if you ask, God will give you the Holy Spirit to every single person that asks. Well, when does that happen? When you become a Christian, confess your sins, believe in Jesus Christ, ask him to come in, say you're going to follow him. At that moment, God puts the Holy Spirit in you. Every Christ follower has the Holy Spirit. God, the third person of the Trinity, inside of them. And then later, he does all these things I'm going to show you. But later, when we get to the book of Acts, Luke liked to talk about the Holy Spirit. Luke is filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke also wrote the book of Acts, which is nothing really but the works of the Spirit. When you have Holy Spirit in you, That means you're a Christian. Every Christian that gets saved has the Holy Spirit in them. But then one day Jesus said to his disciples, you wait in Jerusalem because you need power to do what I'm asking you to do. And then the Holy Spirit comes upon us. That's the Spirit-filled life. That means that the Holy Spirit is in control of us. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 5.18, keep on being filled with the Spirit. There's no way for me to do what I do in my wisdom and strength. Impossible. It's the filling and the refilling of the Holy Spirit. I'm not here to make me look good. That could never happen. I'm here to make God look good. And that's why you're on this earth. It is not about you. And without the Holy Spirit, we can't do that. So he's come. It's God living in us. Now, when he's come, what are the benefits that we have? What are the benefits we have? Let me give you a few. When the Holy Spirit comes in us, some people say, Pastor Mark, I, I don't know, I, I ask questions, in not but I, I don't think I'm really a Christian or not. I, can you really know? Yes, you can know. The book of 1 John says you can know. So the Holy Spirit gives us assurance that we're saved. He also, the Holy Spirit, is a comforter. All of us need comfort because life is tough. Life is difficult. Just had a word this morning that one of our servants won't mention the name. Amazing person. Her brother got killed in an accident last night. Boom, gone. Now we're going to call. We're going to be around her. But who's the real comforter? The Holy Spirit. Because he never left her. He never left her. Also... He teaches us. The Holy Spirit teaches, enlightens, and reminds us of his word. Who is teaching you this morning? Is it this taller guy now? Good looking, young pastor that's teaching you? I am taller with this screen. Is that right? I also look older with the screen. Don't laugh at me, baby. You look the same way. Put your face up here. We're all gonna need a little transplant or something. You know that pimple that looks small there? It's about that big on the screen, baby. <laughs> Ladies, you can only use so much powder. All right, now let, what was I talking about? Let, let's come back to where we were. Who is the real teacher this morning? Come on, tell me. The Holy Spirit. It is not me. He's the one who reminded you. When you wrote those things down in those blanks, who was the one that impressed you to write it down? The Holy Spirit. See, He's the teacher. He's the teacher of all truth. He wrote the Bible. Of course, he's the one teaching us. Romans 8 says, the Holy Spirit helps me to pray. Sometimes I don't know how to pray. I really don't know what to say. But the Holy Spirit comes and he helps me to pray. And he guides me and he directs me. Romans 8 says, we're led. All those that are Christians are led by the Spirit of God. You want to be led. You want to be directed by God. He knows the way. Remember that path? The starts and the stops. And last, he empowers us and liberates us from the power of sin. We learned last week, God, help me to overcome these temptations. The Holy Spirit helps us. Don't go there. Turn that off. Don't open that magazine. Careful. That's the Holy Spirit. So the foundation of God's goodness is prayer. To trust in him. He loves to provide our spiritual needs. Now, I want you to write this down. This isn't from me, but it's an amazing truth. You'll understand it. Satan cannot stop God from answering our prayers. Could I hear an amen there? Hallelujah. Because God's greater than Satan. So, since Satan can't stop the prayers from being answered, what does he do? He simply keeps us From praying. You have not because you ask not. So sometimes you go, how come this isn't working? What's happening? We haven't prayed. Well, there's no use praying. Whoa, 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 whoa. God's wise. Nothing impossible with God. Of course there is. So there has to be that understanding that this warfare, we have to keep asking, seeking, knocking. And and when you think about that, Sometimes our prayers are not what they should be. When I'm thinking of prayer, there should be some intensity. Not in all of them. There should be an urgency. There should be my mind is connected. Sometimes here's what happens. This is a prayer of ours. And we're going through the day. Let me just offer a prayer up to God. Thank you, God. Bless me today. I need your wisdom. Have a nice day. And off we go. Now, sometimes those kind of prayers are okay. But see, if all of our prayers are simply just throwing a little thing up to heaven, and there's nothing from my heart, there's no zeal with it, that's very different. Because one day, one day, you get a phone call, and it's a close relative, maybe a grandson, granddaughter, whatever. They've just been in an accident. They're life and death. You're going to do this? No, you're going to do this. There's going to be persistence. There's going to be something in your heart. You're crying out to God. Now, we don't do that with every prayer. But James warns us. Watch what he says. He simply says the earnest prayer with some zeal, thinking about it, some heart in it, some, what can I say, some intensity in it. The the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. In a few weeks, we'll have twelve to 15,000 people at our campuses for Christmas Eve services. Can I ask you right now as an application to start praying for people you're going to invite? Christmas Eve, has, we have more people than any other time of the year. It's going to be a great celebration. But who, who is going to get the unbelievers to our campuses? You, me, individually. Can we start praying, inviting our neighbors, coworkers, students, not only pray, but invite them and even join them? You say, oh, I'll wait for you at whatever service you want to go to, I'll go to. This is the time, guys. This is where we are. Our world is in trouble. The answer is Jesus Christ. We have it. That's what this time is all about. He came to this world. He put skin on, and he he died for you and me on the cross. This is a celebration for us. And he wants to save others. Then in January, as you know, we do it again, like last year, about the second week in January. We will do 10 days of fasting and prayer. First five days will be at our campuses at 6 o'clock in the morning. We jammed these campuses last year. It was fantastic. It changed our life. Then the next five days, Saturday through the following Wednesday, what do we do? We pray at home. Same thing, fasting and praying. I'll explain it all when we get there. Because God changed our church last year. So I want you to be praying for that. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be amazing what's going to happen. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes me. And it's God's way to change the world. Remember that person you've given up on maybe in the neighborhood? Again, back to prayer. Don't give up. Forgot to pray? Start praying. Forgot to invite? Start inviting. Let God begin to minister to all of us. Now, I want to ask you one thing interesting. Remember, I told you at the beginning there's one prayer that Jesus always answers for an unbeliever, a person that's not a Christian yet. Here it is. One prayer he answers. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will. Be saved. How many is everyone? That's everybody. This is directed to the whole world. And here's what I want to say to you this morning. There's some of you here that are not Christians. Listen. The benefits we talked about from our Heavenly Father, you don't have them. You don't have the Holy Spirit in you. You're not going to get God to answer your prayers. Maybe a few because he's a good God. But specifically in a relationship, no. You say, well, he's my father. No, he's your creator. Your father is a spiritual relationship. And the only way you can get him is to become a child of God. To everyone who received him and believed in him, Jesus gave the right to become children of God. I'm going to give everybody that's not a Christian this morning a time for you to change your life. And some of you walked away from God. You need to come home today. People have been praying for you. Many people have been praying for you. Those of you that are unsaved, many people have been praying for you. How many of you here Christians? You became a Christian, and after that you knew lots of people came and said, I've been praying for you for a long time. Let me see your hand. That's exactly right. See, prayer changes people. You can't get to heaven by being good enough. You've sinned. Sin separates us from the Holy God. Impossible. Forgiven people go, not Christians. Christians are the only ones that became a Christian because of, see that hanging right there? The cross. That's where sin was settled. Jesus took your sins on it. All you have to do is acknowledge it and ask. You have not because you
0: ask not. The result of allowing our flesh and fears to cause us to fail to follow God's will leads to failure. Many times the consequences are minor, but sometimes life-altering changes result. Pastor Mark has been encouraging us to just do life God's way because he knows what is best for us. More importantly, he wants what is best for us and wants us to go along with him.
3: Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com
0: This is the end of this message. We hope you were benefited by it. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue teaching from the book of Luke with a message called No Fence Sitting, Make a Decision. He'll be sharing how Jesus begins to make claims about who he is that causes the people to have to decide whether they believe him or not. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.
1: In a hurry